0: holy collector's items this is flight check season two episode eight back once again this time with mom's spaghetti all over our shirts sweaters is it shirts or sweaters i always forget uh, Mom. i think it's mom's sweaters baby. all right well we've lost the intro already losing the plot hey Just kind of like the team did, and also like Riot Servers did on Friday night, uh, losing the plot forcing us to play two games in a row. I'm not saying that I'm going to blame that at all for the reason that we went 0-3 this weekend, but hey, I'm looking for excuses and I'll take anything I can get. My name is Sandy Toes, and to my left and my extra left are my fellow hosts. Knox and Curly Double Q. Fellas, we've made it to the halfway point of the season. And I would say I'm feeling pretty good. Curly, starting with you, I mean, give me the, the 10 second, how's the general atmosphere right now?
1: Uh, well, I decided, um, that I wanted to make sure the jersey I put on tonight matched how this weekend went, and I don't know if you guys Mm. remember going near, what was it, nine or ten L's in a row, uh, over summer (laughs) split, so I wanted to bust out the right jersey. That being said, though, I still, it was a rough weekend, I still think we're gonna be fine, so we just have to, uh, I have faith in Sharks and Richard, and, um, we'll bounce back. Yeah, you know? I think we've got a softer schedule next
0: weekend, Knox, uh, you know, five and four through the first half of the spring split and maybe a couple softball matches next week. I mean, I'm still feeling fairly optimistic about our playoff chances. I don't know about you.
2: I mean we're 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 tied for third right now with hundred thieves and golden guardians. Like we are still very much in the playoff running. uh I'm not super concerned yet. Was this a bad weekend? Yes, but like it's not the end all be all. And also, it's
0: sweater. I I looked it up. Oh, is it sweater? Excellent. (laughs) Good to know. Uh, Why did you
1: have to look that up? How do you not just know? Did you watch the Super Bowl two weeks ago? (laughs)
0: Uh, I mean, I did. That's rich coming from you, Curly. Uh, (laughs) Asking if we watched the Super Bowl.
1: It's not about uh, the football. It's about Dre and Eminem and Snoop Dogg and all the rest.
0: Uh, fair enough. Uh, well, here we are once again with another episode of Flight Check. Uh, every all over our sweater, all over our sweater. Uh, every Monday night at 8 p.m. right here, Twitch.tv/FlightCheckCrew. Uh, if you can't catch all of the show tonight, VOD will be up later here and on YouTube on our channel, Flight Check Podcast. And audio version will be up on Spotify and all your favorite podcast listening platforms as well. Alright, well let's get into it. Uh, rough weekend, but we have to start somewhere. And let's start with Saturday's game. but Not Friday's game, unlike literally everyone else. Uh, Evil Geniuses. And here's... Just like a trend line that I want to establish, I think for the entire weekend is the commonality I saw in terms of discussion and debate was that the drafts were at fault uh, for you know some you know majority of the uh, issues here.
2: considering our own coach for the team replied to our tweets asking for takes and he said it indeed was draft diff? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have to agree.
0: Considering Sharks did say draft diff, uh, it might well indeed have been a draft diff. Now, maybe he was memeing, uh, but I do think he, as I recall, he tweeted something about how he felt like the drafts did not put us in a good position. Um, So let's start with the... He also
2: said after the Immortals game, or not the Immortals game, the... EG game. one of the games saturday he was like that was definitely a coach gap
0: yeah yeah so there's that uh i will say there. nice to see him taking some responsibility for some of the issues i recall that's more than we got last year i was gonna Can say believe it? I, know, I the recall, communication very nice at, at certain points last season, I would look for some sort of, like, hey, sorry, we lost tweet from uh, somebody and would see absolutely nothing. So nice to see somebody um, taking some responsibility job, for... Yeah, thank you, Sharks, for being open and honest with uh, how things are going. Uh, okay, so starting out, some pretty typical bands. They take away... I'm. Interesting to see Ari getting banned a lot mm-hmm. uh this uh week. That was interesting. Uh but also I,
2: I this is like the worst ban in the LCS right now. Even across all leagues actually. I think this is terrible. This champ is not good. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I don't understand why broke you are banning or picking this champion right
0: now. Yeah. Well they ban it. Uh we ban Ryzeri Nar, they ban Ari Hecarim Jinx, uh and they first pick the Ophelios.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, we go Gwen, Tom, Kenshin, Return they go Rakan, Lee Sin, and then we take the Jin to round out the first phase my immediate issue I don't like Jin uh, right now Um, you know, I know the Jinx was banned I wish, and I felt like this was a problem throughout the entire weekend, if you will note, we let the other team have Aphelios all 3 games. All 3 games coincidentally <clears throat> or not, we lost all 3 games. Um you know, I think that's a little bit of results-based analysis there, but if they're going to ban the Jinx, I would like to see us ban the Aphelios in return. These are these have clearly been the two like S-tier 80 carries in spring split so far and I just if we're not going to be able to get the jinx I don't like them um having the Knox. I mean how do you feel about about this pick you know and and letting them have Aphelios so early
2: so I uh, this actually all revolves around toppling believe it or not so forgive me but I'm going to go in for a second here do it um for whatever reason, and this isn't just FlyQuest, but a lot of teams across multiple different leagues have very, very high priority on Gwen right now, which we first picked for on red side. Um, so if you look at our bans, we banned the NAR, and I think that's kind of a hey, like just to make sure that we get in there we can fight it because NAR is a good matchup into the Gwen. Take out the NAR, the Gwen is actually for the most part pretty okay. Um, on top of the fact that Gwen is very flexible right now, so. You just, you want to make sure you give Gwen as much room to breathe as possible. So I think that's part of the reason why you didn't see, like, a Aphelios ban coming in matching the Jinx ban. Because then things kind of get a little weird, I think. And I'm not really sure how that's going to end up turning out. Um, as for the Jin itself, um, I think yet again, like... I, I, you know what, I'll, I'll be the gin apologist. I, I don't think gin's bad. I, I think honestly, this comp actually kind of works for gin. You have consistent DPS in the corky uh, that can also poke. You have the Gwen who can absolutely shred any tanks that are possibly picked. Um, and then you have Jin who has this long range potential that can slow people down and chunk people out from far, far away. Um, I don't mind this gin pick. Um, more than anything, I, I take more offense with how much priority was being put on this Gwen and the fact that I just don't think it's all that great. I don't think it's something that needs to be prioritized and it's something that probably needs to be used as a counter pick instead of something that's prioritized. So for me, I don't have any issues with the Jhin. I still don't have any issues with Jhin. I've been defending this champion for weeks now. And I think honestly, for the time being, as long as you build comps that cover his weaknesses, you should be fine because this comp has DPS. You can DPS down objectives with it because you have Gwen and Corki on it at the same time. Yeah, I I don't have an issue with the Jin, But by all means, if you guys want to
1: debate with me on this, I'll happily... Oh, I'm going to counter you so hard right now.
0: (laughs) Okay. Here he goes, (laughs) folks. Pure
1: statistics. Out of the 11 times that Jin has been picked in the LCS, this uh, split, he has only won two games. That is across the entirety of the LCS. I think... That goes to show that Jin, and oddly enough, Jin is picked higher than Caitlin, who has a 40% win rate, um, Zeri, who's a 50% win rate. Granted, those are smaller sample sizes, but if out of 11 games, only two of those have been wins, I don't think Jin's in the meta right now. I think that's just—I <laughs> think it's just safe to say. Because another thing that Jin relies heavily on. Um, is that fourth shot doesn't do much if the enemy isn't missing health. Something I saw, like in the 1v1, um, I don't remember which affiliate... No, wait, duh, it was against Danny. Cause it I, yeah, Danny. it was against Danny. Um, number one, I'm not quite sure why Johnson steps forward and uses his, four, uh, his fourth shot to hit Danny instead of getting the movement speed off on a minion and just running away because he was down in CS and like other reasons. But, like, when you use an ability that scales based on missing health on a shielded Aphelios, and then you're giving yourself that, like, the inhi- uh, inhibition of the fact that you have to reload, it's, it's a kit that opens yourself up to be very, very vulnerable if you don't have other people already putting out the damage or a lot of poke before whatever fight or pick you're trying to get. And so, Jin. It, like, you, like, you do have a point. If you build around the Jin more, where you are able to have a support that enables you to do a lot more poke, or if you're able to get some... Like, if you have a Corky just rocketing the team, and then you get your third and fourth shot off onto the enemy ADC, and you can absolutely pop in them. Sure, the Jin has a lot of good merit there. And then if, you know, you can do a lot of good zoning ults, um, like even if you don't get kills out of it, you can little down health bars and get some good kills, but... Compared to these other, just a lot more in your face, high pace, high capacity um, for damage champions that just do a DPS rather than one, two, three, bam, it's just not good right now. It just simply isn't. Um, now, I'm seeing. Well, I, yeah. I, I am going to reference I, I, chat I was... here real quick. Um, Arkham Avalon is saying now, what if Jinx and Aphilios are banned? Maybe then Jin which might, it,
2: which it was, which it, it was this game. It was
1: the Aphilios wasn't, but Jinx was. But so, but it was it was first picked, though. Yeah. But so if Jin was going against someone who's not Aphilios or Jinx, if Jin's going against Zeri or Caitlyn, then maybe. But you have to make sure that Jinx and Aphilios aren't options, otherwise it's useless, in my opinion.
2: I, I mean, I agree that it's probably like a tier 2, tier 3 pick, but with the way this draft panned out, I actually think we built around it fairly well. I, I guess that'll be the last thing I say on it, because we don't have all night to spend on debating this pick. For sure.
1: Yeah, fair enough. I also um, think, I don't know, I, something I would have liked to have seen, and granted I know it's not meta right now, but every once in a while, last um, season, when we saw uh, <clears throat> Johnson on Tristana, I actually kind of like his Tristana sometimes. Now, like I said, I don't know how it would work, would work in the current meta, but it's... Uh, I think it's solid. So, like, something I, we yeah. could give given a shot instead of Jin.
2: I think another point that I want to bring up, because this is kind of concurrent across multiple different games, is we let Caitlyn through. It wasn't banned at all. We banned it on blue-sided against Immortals, and then we also didn't pick it against... Uh, Cloud Nine either. Yeah. Do we not play Caitlyn?
0: Well, I think if you the problem is we had already take we were uh we already took the TK right, and I think if you're gonna play Caitlyn right now, you have to play it with the Lux.
2: Well, if you don't pick the TK though, you just pick the Lux, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I think Dude.
0: at that point though, because if you take the Lux there, because
2: um, you go Gwen Lux.
0: Yeah. Uh, if they then, Yeah, since they had just taken the Aphelios, we could take the Gwen Lux, and, you know, they don't have a chance to ban Caitlyn, or... Uh, yeah. Yeah, you'd rather go Lux there, because then maybe they take the Lux for some reason, or... but They, like, they,
2: they wouldn't, uh, like, I don't see a world where you go Aphelios, Lux, bot lane, right? Yeah. Like, that, I mean, or sorry, uh well, yeah, if you go, if you go, like, Gwen Caitlyn, I don't see a world where they pick... Aphelios into yeah. Lux afterwards.
1: Now right? here's yeah. so you pick
2: the Lux there, and they can't pick the Caitlyn, and then we got our Caitlyn bot lane.
1: Here's another thing. I think I don't know if it's patch 12.4 or 12.5, but something I noticed um, <clears throat> that had a, like a little bit of an increased win rate that I think we could have pulled out here too would be Nami Lucian. I think it's gained a resurgence in some other major regions if I remember correctly. I heard on some broadcasts, and so yeah, true. <clears throat> I don't know if I've seen Johnson on Lucian before. But, you know, Afromu, the, the trademark of support is so easy. We know he'd be good on the Nami, um, and we know their synergy together. I think it would have also been a good potential pick here. as a decent answer to aphilios because he could have, I think, like... His kit opens himself a lot more to being able to dodge some skill shots from Aphelios, um, or dash out of Rakan knockup. Like, it, it just provides more mobility, more potential for burst, um... And like especially that ultimate like mid game can just soften up a team before a team fight and make things really, really good. Yeah. So are right, getting
0: into the rest of the draft. Mm-hmm. So
1: <laughs> Yeah, we
0: spend a they... lot of time on ABC. Yeah, they ban uh Zinzao and Trend, we ban Gragas Jace, we take Corky, they take Victor into that. Uh, they take the Akali into the Gwen. And then we uh, get jungle counter pick and we take Viego. And then the game kind of plays out. We do get first blood, uh, which was great to see. And, you know, it's a moment where you're like, all right, we're just like right back where we left off. Um, they have a very clean four-man dive bot at around 640. Uh, they get two kills.
2: That dive um, is very frustrating for me because you watch the VOD, Johnson and Afro are very much aware that the dive is coming. Like, do you think? Grant, yes, you're 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 gonna lose plates, but like, just back off. The
0: yeah, j- just like move back up the lane. Because neither your mid nor your
2: top have TP. Um, and then Jose was topside. Like, just you're not getting any any help at all. You just gotta back off that wave. You gotta back off that turret. And yeah. uh, I don't know. I just don't know what the thought process was. But pretty well, sure. I've...
0: Sorry. I think we came pretty close to actually getting a kill back in that dive. Not we, that we, we did. Not that that makes it any better, um, but... Yeah.
1: Well, it reminds it me of last close. week against 100 Thieves where the same thing happened. It was a 4-2. We almost got a kill. We saw it coming, but we just didn't get anything out of it. Yeah. And I think yeah. what that might be is um, potential signs of overconfidence in the bot lane where they're like, oh, we can take it. And then we're like, oops, all right, maybe we can't take it. So like, as much as I like confidence and boldness from the team, I think we also, from these, might want to exercise a hint of caution here or there. Mm-hmm.
2: And actually, you bring up a good point, Curly. Really. Like This has happened twice now against us. And I wouldn't be surprised if teams are actually taking time to plan in their strategy meetings going, hey, this bot lane does not respect possible dives on the turret. And so they make it a point to, like, if we play this, clean, this dive cleanly enough, we can walk away without a single death two kills at a bunch of turret plates yeah it's hard to do but like it's you can do it because you know for a fact from past games that flyquist has shown a pattern of not responding to these dives so i bet you anything it's something that teams are planning and actively practicing around whenever they're prepping for us and i hope it's something that flyquist is looking into to make sure we correct this particular course of action however you want to call it yeah
1: now, the thing is is it only has happened on red side. It didn't happen on blue side. So I don't know if that's a trend or just a coincidence.
0: Uh,
2: i'll I'll say it's coincidence for the time being, but will I'll keep an eye on it for sure.
0: Yeah. Uh next game note I had was uh, Takui strays a bit too far for mid lane, and inspired is still hanging around and he gets an easy. Uh, ward hop into kick and
2: uh yeah
0: yeah then i think that's like a minute cuz impact got a kill top lane and then jose traded it back
1: mm-hmm.
0: um
2: the, yeah the death on takui for me i personally cuz if you look there's just no vision for fly at all yeah. i i think it's just it's more well played on Inspired's yeah. part than it is takui messing up i think well obviously. it's I'm, him doing it wrong being it's like, like
0: it's him a being little greedy. the you know top-tier LEC jungler that EG paid for, so...
2: Yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna fault Takui too much on that one. Like, you should have in the back of your mind that Lee Sin's probably somewhere near, but like, the chances of him being ready to swing around like that and through no vision at all, it's just a good play from Inspired more than yeah. anything, I think.
0: Let's talk about Danny solo killing Johnson at 9 minutes, because I think we need to talk uh... about this. Um... It's just bad. It's just bad. It's just bad. Danny has no Danny has the chakrams. It's just like, yeah, it was just it, it, that was just frustrating. Uh, I need to go back and look because uh, I am not sure if Johnson had flash up. What well, uh, like at the time? I don't
1: think he had flash up, but with the big uh, thing, like I but
0: said, he was. He, I felt like he was a little greedy there. <clears throat> exactly. Time, right? Yeah, he was very because, like very I said,
1: he enough. used he had his four shot up. And for some reason, instead of shooting the minion wave and using that movement speed to get the frick out of there, he instead steps forward just into turret range, uses the uh, force shot on a full health of Phileos, who has the chakras. I believe he even had Moonlight Vigil up. I don't think he used it, but he had the option. No, he didn't use Moonlight Vigil. He did, yeah. Yeah,
2: he just nuked him. Yeah,
1: so he just absolutely, like, you see this Phileos, you know, as an ADC who's in the LCS, who's been around for a while, um, and I think he's gotten a couple of Filios games. You know that Filios can, if he has the right guns, just bop, 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 you're gone. Mm-hmm. And so, why in your right mind would you ever step forward into that when you're already behind?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, no. The, the laps in decision-making for sure on Johnson's definitely. part. Definitely. That.
0: And that's a huge problem, because then uh, I think Jose had to come down and cover bot lane. Mm-hmm which let Inspired go for 1st Rift Herald. Uh, and things just kind of go from bad to worse there, don't they? Because, like, four minutes later, uh, we try to kill Impact. We have Kumo up there, and we send two more. They respond pretty quickly, and mm-hmm. we end up losing three for nothing. And at the 14-minute mark, you look at the gold differential and they have a 5K advantage at 14. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I'll be honest, I stopped taking notes. <laughs> because... Fair. So I, was I, just I like, actually stopped taking notes at that point, too, <laughs> That's say, believe it or not. I was like, this game's over. Just, it it's it's just pretty like, much was at that point, yeah. There's no point in... Like, I watched the rest of the game just to see what happened, but it was just like...
1: It was the same thing over and over again. And, f- they, yeah,
0: uh, and they just kept getting picks. Uh, they kept finding fights. We could do absolutely nothing into them. We couldn't split push. Uh, we couldn't find picks. We couldn't be proactive. Yeah. All of our vision had to be invested in certain.
1: Components. Our vision is a huge thing. I had an issue with here because that play you're talking yeah. about right there, where we start, we started with a numbers advantage, where it was like, uh, what it? was a three on, three on one. one. It was a um, three on one. But how do you we not had... kill the Akali in a three on one? Well because, number one, we took too long to do damage, but number two, there was no ward in the river to see, and, like, I don't know what was going on on EG's comms, because it looked like right before this 3v1 had even started, um, Jojo Pion, Inspired, um, and Vulcan were already on their way up. They, like, felt, they're like, something's up, something's about to happen top. So they were already on their way up, and we had no vision of it. And then another small thing that happened is I think there was a misclick when um, uh, Jose DeOda was trying to hit the boom plant. Because you see there, he takes a step and then hits the boom plant, which delays him by just a little bit of time, and he's essentially not a part of that fight anymore. If he had hit it the first time, he would have been able to maybe get a spectral maw off, delay some of the backup from EG, but overall, just the lack of vision there hurt a lot. And then So... Oh, okay. And then the, another reason that I don't think we were able to kill the Akali 3-on-1 is because, um, and I don't want to flame Kumo too much, but we're going to, personally, I know I'm going to talk about him a decent amount tonight, is in this, you saw the difference in experience level. Because even though, in my opinion, Gwen should potentially have an easier time in lane against the Akali because of the kit, because of the W, because of the sustain you should have, um... He just kept, he was constantly held on the ropes by Impact and was not able to do really anything because of it. And Impact was able to just keep getting himself more and more of a lead. And we took too long to have a decisive response on Impact. And so at that point, that's part of why we were not able to kill him in the 3-B one. Yeah,
2: uh, I just, I more than anything I wanted to add, I don't think initially what, Happened in that play was I don't think they were ever going for a gank onto Impact because you watch, you see Afro roaming up and you see Jose roaming up, and they initially go into EG's topside jungle, right? And you see them drop two wards in there and they start backing out and they realize, hey, Impact's pushed up a little bit. I guess we can go for it. They, I don't think the in- initial intention going up there was ever to go for the gank. It was to get vision down on their side of the jungle so that way they could keep better track of Inspired. But what ends up happening is they think, oh, He's kind of right there. If we just click in and out and gank goodbye, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is, like, EG was already aware of the fact that Jose and Afro had roamed up into the topside jungle, and to them, it kind of looks like, man, it looks like they're kind of heading towards impact. And <laughs> of course, while they're taking the time to go into the jungle to ward, they've already started moving up. And so, and you just, uh, it, it was just a really, really bad shot call. It was just a really, really bad shot call. You cannot go for that gank at that point after how long you'd spent in their jungle warding. Um, I have no issue with the warding, actually. I think it's really, really good getting deep vision like that, but you can't, like, it was trying like, you can't have your cake and eat it too moment, basically.
0: Yeah, and from there, EG just slowly bleeds us out. Uh, We can't really do anything.
1: Yeah, no, we just sit back and... What I want to talk about here is on EG's side, at least from this game, I didn't get to look at any of the other ones, is I feel like a lot of the plays here, it reminded me of the way that Inspired and Rogue would play last year, where they played the quote-unquote perfect game of League of Legends. They always had the game plan. They always, like, every step set up the next step really, really well. They just Mm -hmm. always had long games because they weren't making big plays. They were always setting up the next play, waiting for a... Ninety-five percent chance to make this work, and then they went through. Because I guarantee you, if uh, EG were a bit more bold, this game could have been done ten minutes earlier.
0: Yeah, uh, and then I think the difficulty for me is that it felt like more of the same. I don't know if if there's anything else we want to talk about for EG. Uh more of the same for the Immortals game. Yeah. Uh,
2: you... uh, I was going to say, just the last thing about EG is just, I think, more than anything, this game was kind of on uh, the bot, our bot lane. Yeah. And whoever was, like, the main shot caller, so probably Afro and Jose, like, we just were not shot calling properly, and
1: some just the decision making in general was really, really off. Yeah. It didn't seem like there was much by the 20, like, 20-something minute mark, you know?
0: Well, there was really nothing we could do. We were just so far behind, and yeah. the only hope is to find picks. It reminded me a lot of lock, and they didn't let us honest. do that. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right, Immortal. immortals. Immortals. Uh, let's see. If you ask our me, our <laughs> turn to ban the Ari. Yeah. <laughs> for some reason. Uh, for some reason. I don't get it. I do not get it. Uh.
1: Well, it's found limited success in uh, the LEC. Yeah. Um, so we go Jinx Graves Thresh, and now
0: I love Jinx Thresh, mm-hmm. especially Afro on the fresh, on the oh, yeah. Thresh, not fresh. <laughs>
1: uh, a thresh and principle.
0: they go Aphelios Volibear TK. We ban a couple top laners. although technically I guess Irelia and Trindamir can flex to mid. And they ban a couple junglers, the Leeson and Udir. Uh, we, uh, we don't, bl- yeah, we blind the, no, 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 they take the Camille into our graves and, yes. uh, we take Trundle Syndra and then PoE counters Syndra with the Orianna, a classic power of evil pick. Um and, let's see. So, first blood on Kumo, who also loses his flash, meaning he's an easy target for a re-gank. This game, for me, was a jungle gap. I think Xerxie...
2: Oh, yeah, this this game was on Jose.
0: ...had insane pathing. Uh, he did really, really well. Um, like if you want to see good Volibear play, just go watch this game. Like that he was did s- yeah. <clears throat> he did so well in the first ten minutes of this game.
2: So I I took detailed notes yeah. on that gank from Zerkse on the uh, on the
0: talk about very it. first gank talk about it
2: because I I really do want to emphasize how good this was from Zerkse. Okay, yeah, go. Um. <clears throat> so first blood on the like I'm just gonna read my notes directly. Um. First blood on the Kumo. Kumo even has a good ward to protect against the gank timing possibility from Xerxe, but he just gets ran down anyway. Because basically he ends up putting a ward down right at the minute 35, minute 40 mark. And that's that's to cover the possible gank timing of if Xerxe skips two camps to gank him early. And if you watch on the VOD, you can see the ward does spot him out. Like, that ward was, like, great from Kumo and even predicted. Um, but... Apparently, I guess he just overestimated the actual speed that Camille and Volibear can like chase him down on. Um, so it's even more impressive because that ward takes the possibility of that game timing only if Xerxes skips through the camps. Xerxes runs through it anyway. Kuma gets cr- trying to shove the wave into tower for a possible cheater recall so that way he can get an advantage in lane over the Camille, which. Makes sense, right? Like you want to get an extra long sword into your uh, back pocket to make sure that you have a little extra AD over the Camille. You can start bullying her in lane a little more, and it just makes the, your life a whole lot easier in that lane. So the Graves typically wants to get a quick shove in, and if you can get a cheater recall off, like Kumo sitting golden, right? And I, it's just so perfectly read from Revenge and Zerkse because Revenge realizes what's happening. He's shoving me in. If you come now, you skip your two camps, we run them down, I get the kill, like, this game's done and over with. Mm-hmm. So, just the call and decision-making from Revenge and Xerxe at that point and the ability to recognize what Kumo was doing, beautiful. Um, it's just unfortunate because Jose, I think, should have been there a little quicker and realized what Kumo needed. And I even said it in the weekend forecast, right? It was like, the only way FlyQuest loses this game is if you do not keep track to the Xerxe. Mm. what happened? Zerte ran over this game, right? Um, so, yeah, I, if at any point, I think if Trundle may be down an extra camp, but I think if Trundle just takes the time to skip, I think, that gromp and just take the blue instead, he's up there a little bit quicker, and maybe he it goes into a 2v2 fight, and you don't know how that turns out, right? Um, so, yeah, more than anything, at least for that gank, just massive, massive props to Revenge of the Xerte because it's a brilliant <clears> shot call, it's brilliant reading, and it, it sucks because I think Kumo had the right game plan, but he just
1: needed Jose there to back him up, and he just wasn't. See, for me, <clears throat> I'm going to talk about the same things you were talking about in a different light, but before we get there, um, I do think Jose Diodo like was in this um, <clears throat> game a major. like He didn't perform as well as he could have, but I also think... It, Kumo was a very, very, very vulnerable weak point uh, in this. And I think it goes back to draft, because Trundle can be a reliable pick, especially if you're stealing the stats of the Bala Bear and uh, the Tom catch You know, there's a lot of good stats to steal. And then, heck, even depending on the build revenge, what it, uh, could have gone for, even taking stats from Camille is good. I don't think it's the right pick for Jose Um The few times we've seen him on Trundle before, it's never been my favorite thing in the world. I don't know his win rate on it, but I'm pretty sure it's negative. Um, <clears throat> and so I would have liked to have seen something more akin to like uh, the Xin Zhao, because it hadn't been banned out or a Jarvan 4, or just something that he's shown a lot more agency um, on. And then... We just need to put Graves in the vault for Kumo. Graves can be a good top pick. I don't think it is a good top pick for Kumo. Um, because while I've like praised Kumo for his ability to fill any role that FlyQuest asks of him, for some reason, if that role is using Graves, it's just not been positive. I wanna say he's now ON three for the season with Graves. I don't know what his all time mark is. But it just, it didn't look good, and then another thing is like, I think the counterpick of Camille into Graves is very, very smart on a mortal side, because normally you would think, alright, ranged versus melee, Graves should have the advantage to some degree, but because of Camille's kit, all that advantage of the range goes away, especially as long as you stay even until level 3, you then, as Camille, have the advantage, because you can E in there knock him up get an auto attack off for the first proc your Q, you've got your shield up for like the one or two shotgun blasts that get onto you so you're sustaining more because you've got that physical shield and then you're doing another auto attack or two and then you do your second Q. you can just burst him down way quicker than he can burst you because you're right in his face so his blind isn't going to do much because you're both in the smoke you know it's just a lot like as long as you stay safe until level three or in this case as long as your jungler is being very smart and rea- uh, responsive and getting you an early game. You have an easy lane as Camille. So I just think the Graves and Trundle picks were a little bit of a whiff on our part. Um, and then, <clears throat> yeah, and then just translating to the late game, it kind of is similar stuff to where we didn't have any decisive calls over, her. like, just after the early game, because once things started to fall apart, we didn't figure out how to pick them up. The only to me major advantage we had was for a while Takui had a hefty lead on PoE and was doing good damage, but we didn't utilize that. But I might begin ahead of myself in the discussion by talking about that. <laughs>
0: I uh, I did look it up. Historically, over his career, Jose dioto is 9 and 10 on the Trundle. So not quite like...
1: Okay, like. not
0: perfectly negative, just a little bit just like a little bit negative but also like that's pretty close to even as well so there's that
1: okay
0: couple other things that stood out to me besides the jungle gap in this game um again the aphelios on the other team is a huge problem arrow picks up three kills uh around you know he's got three kills by minute 15 three kills at minute 15 on an Aphelios is not something you want the other team to have. Um, yeah, Arrow got a kill on Afro, I think in jungle somewhere, and then Johnson uh, So, uh, like I, actually, I, I timed this. Yeah.
2: The, so, I, I just I don't know what happens, but in a minute and ten seconds, hold on, I, I marked the time somewhere. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Okay, so Feel free to go pull, pull up a VOD if you're listening to this recording later on. Pull up a VOD right now. Go ahead and turn the timer on the Immortals Fly Quest game to 1430. And in the next minute and 10 seconds, you're going to proceed to see Jose Diotto Int. Die in, taking a ward. Die taking a ward on Immortals side of the jungle. Yep. You're going to see Aphromoo proceed to stand on Immortals vision, scuttle crab vision, on the top side, river. And then die for that. And then you're going to proceed to see Johnson run into our own jungle, where he just saw Aphromoo die, and in full vision, run through our jungle and also die. All in a minute and 10 seconds. We have three players who just literally, one by one by one, drop. Mm -hmm. And it just, it hands every bit of momentum we had over to Immortals, and that game was, it was just done. Like, there was no explosive, like, bam, team fight, done, Immortals is winning this game, like, it's over with. It was just, Quiet and silent and dead into the night. And then my pers- there was nothing big.
1: <laughs> my personal request is, when you go and watch this, to confirm that he is telling the truth. You then take that clip, download it, put Yakety Sax in the background, and upload it again. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's just it was awful watching it. Like, cause I was sitting there and I was taking my notes. So I was like, okay, Jose and sit right there, and it was like, oh man. man. Afro died, too. And like, oh, god, Johnson, what are you doing? And I, like, looked at the clock and was like, how short a time frame was that? Yeah. Minute ten seconds. Yeah. Minute ten seconds, all of that happens.
0: Yeah, it, just, like, just it was frustrating. Just, like, it, it's, like, frustrating. Uh, because that should not be... Like, especially the Johnson, like, running into the jungle where he just saw someone die. Like, it's like in a horror movie, you know? You're like... I hear screams coming from the cabin. Should we investigate it? It's like every <laughs> logical moment in you should be screaming, let's leave. Let's, like, go away from the cabin. But no, we went into the cabin and proceeded to get chopped up by the machete-wielding thunder Thunderbear uh, that was inside the jungle. So... It was
2: like It's like that Geico commercial or whatever, where it's like the kids all hiding out behind like a bunch of chainsaws. Like,
0: this is a good place to hide with the yeah. <laughs> maniac right behind them or whatever. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Uh,
1: How many different ways can we phrase, that's an yeah. oof moment? Yeah,
0: so that all leads to Immortals getting a Herald. Then at 18 minutes, Revenge gets, a, I think, a solo kill on Kumo, mm-hmm. which lets them get second drag. They're up <clears throat> 3k uh they just keep picking up kills they get two more right at 20 minutes and it's just like
2: i stopped taking those yeah the 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 last note um, the
0: last note i have is their baron take where we got giga mind gamed basically Uh, yeah we we get the kill on destiny and we just leave to go up you know take mid tier two And they're like, they're going to, because we're like, they're going to reset, right? We got their support. There's no way they're going to do Baron. And then it's like, we're taking tier two and we're like, wait, guys, why don't we see them? Oh, shoot. They're still on Baron. Then it's like, you know, red team has slain Baron. Well, then on
1: top of that, my biggest issue with this whole match is we just let Revenge take every turret in the side lanes. We never, ever, ever answered him correctly. We tried, I, I don't, like, like, did we try once? I think we might have tried once, and then it didn't work out, and we never tried again. Um,
2: yeah, we tried We tried the gank of the bot lane. It was right when I messaged you on your stream, Curly, like, he was getting away, and that was when I, like, wrote my little message in your chat. Yeah. That was the only time we, like, tried and stopped him. Yeah,
1: and then, so after that, it's just like, oh no, Revenge is taking the turret. Oh no, Revenge is taking the turret. Oh, we're in a 5v4, but guess what? Revenge is taking the turret. Oh, now he's yeah. got a Baron, so he's taking another turret. Like it, this was, <laughs> this is a top laner's dream team. Mm-hmm. The top laner who doesn't need to worry about being there for the team fight and can instead get their s by farm and turrets alone. Yeah. That's what this was for revenge. Yep.
2: Yeah. Um, one last thing because I it was actually talked about on the FlyQuest subreddit and I brought it up in our Discord and I saw other people talking about it, but that second death from Kumo where he face checks the brush. Um I I will agree that you do not have to face check that brush to ward. You don't. I do however want to shed some of the reasoning on why Kumo did not think he needed to do so. Um so, just really really fast. Again, brilliant shot calling play from Xerxe. You see Xerxe clear a ward down in Flyquest jungle a minute and 10 seconds prior. And then you see him come up, and then 50 seconds before that gank happens, you see him clear another ward in Immortal's Tribush in the top side. And then he disappears. You don't see him for however long. And if FlyQuest is actually doing their due diligence, and Jose is keeping track of possible jungle timers and where things are on the map, You have a drake who is getting ready to get prepped. You have all of Xerxe's bot side jungles respawning. So theoretically at this point, Xerxe should be going back and resetting and getting ready to clear his bot side camps and getting ready to prep a drake. What ends up happening though, is he goes into his backside jungle, clears his red, comes back in, and then reganks Kumo again. Because for FlyQuest, that's not what should be happening. He should be getting his farm down bot and getting ready to drake. So for Kumo's sake, I'm, again, not defending his act of warding face-checking-wise, because he probably should have just done it from Wayne anyway, but you can see why he wasn't all that concerned. Mm-hmm. He did like, no one from Fly, I guarantee you, thought, oh, hey, Xerxe's probably topside. He's probably bot side. was what I bet you all
1: five players were
2: probably thinking.
1: Now, I think another thing that might have happened here is because both times we've talked about Kumo dying, Kumo, like, getting ganked, etc. And then particularly with Xersei, definitely. I felt like he had a heavy prio on the top side of the match. Um, Before we move on, I don't know if we have anything else we want to talk about, but I want to pose you guys this question. Do you think, with Kumo's exceptional performance in the prior week, that he might have made a target for himself with EG Immortals and C9 being like, alright, we have to shut down Kumo, and, you know, then... Flyquest doesn't have much to play with
2: i think that i'll let you go first sandy uh,
0: i mean i think it's certainly possible i don't know if i'll go as far as saying yes definitely but i wouldn't be shocked if that was the case um i over the weekend here's what i'll say is that we faced two really good top laners in Impact and Summit, and we'll get to Summit's Insane Jace game in a moment. Um, and then Revenge. Like, I I don't think Revenge is a bad top laner. I think he's, you know, pretty much, you know, on par with... Solid middle of the pack. Yeah, on par with Kumo. So I think Kumo just got out-handsed this weekend. So I, I that's really it for me. Uh, yeah, I. I, I don't really think the matchups that. did him any favors, but yeah. So.
2: Yeah, the, the matchups didn't do him any favors. On top of the fact, I, I think this Immortals game. I don't think it was his fault. I. I mean, kind of his fault, but I think it's more on Jose than it is Kumo. I think we um, didn't
0: press the advantages that we had. And in in the early game enough, um, and that was a problem with the C nine game as well. If we want to get into that.
2: Yeah, I, yeah. Just, I think Kumo just was. Immortals was not solely on him. He didn't look good in it, but I that was more of a team issue than him issue. I think. Yeah. Um. But yeah, if we want to get into Cloud Nine. That that was definitely he got out hands there, and that that's not a Jose issue. That's a Kumo
0: issue. Yeah. I mean, where do you start here? So they banned. Starting the draft. Yeah, they banned uh, <laughs> TK trend and Vigar of all things and we ban the Zeri rise ari they take hecarim first we go jinx udir udir first of all giga yikes um for me at least uh so
2: so which draft was worse by the EG way one or this one by the way
0: udir hecarim in this game my le- oh you're so upset my <laughs> least least favorite jungle matchup of all time udir hecarim the most boring stuff i've ever had to watch on a league of legends screen um they go a felios leona and we round out with Bram. so basically bot lanes and jungle uh figured out they ban mid laners in sin ori we ban the Nar and irelia we take the Graves. Again, they go Corky, Jace blind to the Corky, and they counter the Graves with Jace, and we go Zillion, which I think is the first time we've seen uh, Takui play Zillion this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, we have to talk about the Jace because the Jace. Here, here's I have three. I have three notes. One, Summit slams Kumo top. Two. I hate the Udyr pick. Three, why did we not ban Aphelios? <laughs> Those are my three notes. Um, especially after, not that you're going to just like use your bans to react to like what happened the day before. But uh, Aphelios, Berserker's Aphelios is insane. Uh, it was insane Saturday and it was insane against us. Again, I hate the Udear pick, and yeah, Summit just slammed uh, in the top lane and throughout the whole game, and that's really all I have to say. So I'll let you guys, you know, <laughs> run with whatever you whatever notes you guys have here.
1: I've been muted, Croy.
0: He is muted.
1: Damn, I've been muted for a minute now. But um, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I think uh, with with I'm gonna agree with you on the Aphelios bit, like. Why? why, 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 why did we ban Ari instead of Affilius? I don't think, <laughs> like, I don't think Fudge would have picked Ari anyway. Um, so it seems like a very wasted ban. Um, I actually have no problems with the Udir, especially because I think in the early like stages of the game, uh, Jose Deodo looked pretty decent, like with the Udir. he was doing some good stuff. Um, especially, you know, getting the double crabs on the first round uh, with against Bladder, Like, I liked it. It was fine. Um, again, I have this issue with Kuma. It just does not seem to me like a good champ for Kuma. I feel like um, trying to get the Kuma, the Graves for him was, like, a mistake. I would have rather seen something... I would have rather seen maybe, like, an Ornator, where he, like... You already know you're going to be at a disadvantage against someone like Summit. You need to expect that there's going to be a skill difference. So you're like, alright, I'm not the priority here. How can I reliably be the weak side so that we can get bot and mid-fed? Because that's how we're going to win this game. Um, Especially mid. So which is why I have a question mark ping with Zillion. Because it still looked good at some moments. But also I feel like held us back as opposed to something like, say... Zoe? It
2: it doesn't have synergy with our comp.
1: And that's another thing. It doesn't have synergy with our comp. The only good notes are every once in a while, like, the ultimate could keep Johnson around a little bit longer or Jose Diotto a bit longer, but they'd have to then be able to effectively utilize that second chance, you know? Um, And it it, it didn't happen too much. Yeah, um... Okay, All right.
2: I'm gonna real fast breakdown of this whole draft. Okay, um, so the big thing I've been learning over the past couple days is that if you see a Vagar ban in draft, that should be screaming to you that they're going for a Corky pick because the one thing that pretty much hard blocks Corky right now is Vagar. Um, so you see that Vagar ban on third ban on Cloud Nine side, you should go, oh hey, they're picking Corky. So why is it then that we're saving? Our last pick for mid. When you know for a fact that A, that they're going Corky. B, Summit is far more of a threat no matter what champion is on he's on compared, than Fudge is. Like, Fudge is a good player, don't get me wrong. He's done solid in the mid lane. But Summit is just a better player than Fudge right now. He's more of a threat on this Cloud9 team than anyone outside of maybe Berserker. Um, so the fact that we're saving last pick mid for Takui instead of for... Kumo, who's going to need everything in his arsenal he can to survive the onslaught at his summit, who is very quickly working his way up my MVP candidate right now next to Whippo. Um, I don't know why. Um, on top of that, uh, the Udir ban I feel like is a cookie cutter response to the heck room. We're kind of going back to 2021 again. Uh, I still don't have that many issues with the Aphilios. I don't think it's really all that ban-worthy. Uh, sorry, Sandy. I, I Don't get me wrong, like, especially with how good Berserker has been on it, I think it's something that could be considered. But I honestly, like, unironically, and I'm not saying this out in hindsight, would have banned the Jace because there's been lots and lots of talk on Twitter recently about Summits Jace in solo queue and Champions queue. Lurlo had a whole thread over the fact that he got smashed in lane by Summits Jace. And lots and lots of people have been talking about. It. He's been playing it lots in Champions Queue and in Solo Queue. It's something that I think honestly should have just been like, again, I don't understand the Ari ban, just ban the Jace here. Um, that's three bans. We're pinching Summit down a little bit. We're giving as much room for Kuma to breathe as possible. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, the Brom just there's nothing synergizing here. So if you're if you're wanting to really go Zillion for whatever reason. That's fine, but it doesn't synergize well with the Brahm at all. You need something that's going to help you engage. You mm-hmm. want to pick a Thresh here. You want to pick a Blitzcrank here. You want to pick a Nautilus here. It's something that I help you get in there. Um, so the Brahm just doesn't really make any sense. It doesn't really <clears throat> synergize all that well with anything else. Just there, there's just so many things that like don't work with this comp. Because your only form of engage is basically speeding up the Udyr to run super, super fast bear slap stun. And then run away. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what else you want to do with this team comp doing getting gauges. So that, okay, that was my very, very quick rant and rundown. And I think, honestly, this has been our worst draft of the season. Agreed. This Agreed. Um, so that's everything I pretty much had wrong with this draft that, I, that frustrated me. Because there were things that you could see coming from a mile away in the band part of the uh, pick and ban phase. So, and the fact that we still let it happen anyway just frustrated me beyond any
1: doubt. So, something i want to talk about real quick is you mentioned Braum, right? And normally I don't have an issue with Aphromoo on Braum, especially with Jinx. I, like, it. they've had decent success with it this season. However, this match did not seem to be it for Aphromoo. Um, <clears throat> like, for one, when we had that really good bot side, I want to say it was like, I don't know if it was a four v two or four v three, but where we got a couple of kills, Afro mood. uh the the tower dive. Yeah, the tower dive. Afro moved yeah. missed his ult. He whiffed his ult. He didn't do well. But before that, a crucial thing I have an issue with is I think it was a pre Drake fight, um, because I know it was Botside river, right? It starts out where um, Takui and Jose Diotto are on the top side of the river. They get the stun off onto uh, Blabber because he was there. Like, he had, you know, I think...
2: Bla- Blabber engages on yeah, Jose yeah, because Blabber, yeah. uh, he's taking the crap. And
1: afromu number one, had used his E at a point that I don't know why, because there was no projectiles coming his way at all. And he was, like, just out of range of being able to hop onto Jose Um And what you see is you see Blabber, Fudge, um, and Winsome uh, are in the lane up here. And then you've got the ADCs, like slowly making their way up. Johnson coming a bit uh, faster than Berserker. And for some reason, in this moment, the two major mistakes after the like E, like the early E, are for some reason, if you are playing Braum, and you see your Udyr right in the thick of a fight, the first thing you do is you make sure you can jump onto him so he gets that armor and MR boost. That's the first thing I would do. And then I would use my E so it's actually blocking something, not using it while you're far away, right? And then for, he does get a Q off onto Fudge who's on his way out of the fight anyway, rather than onto Hecarim who has already been shown to be the focus by um, Jose Diodo and Ducuy. And they were all three, Winsome, Fudge, and Blabber, were all in range for the Q, so the fact that for some reason he decides uh, to apply his passive to someone who's leaving the fight instead of someone who's about to get smacked at least two, three times makes no sense to me. And I think that's a crucial flaw of, like, the first part of what goes wrong with this fight. And then on top of that, for some reason, he starts to turn around to uh, Johnson, but doesn't even commit to turning around to Johnson. And so then he's just in this awkward space where he didn't do anything effective for the whole fight. And that's... Not, it was just very weird to me. Because that's not something that usually... like That you've seen from AfroMu in a lot of the games. It didn't make much sense to me. And I think it was uh, a crucial fight that lost us some of our early momentum. Because I think we did have some me- momentum for like the first eight minutes. Personally. Sandy? Yeah,
0: it, it didn't look bad uh, until Summit started getting ahead. Um... And then from there, there it looked worse. <laughs> from there it looked worse. Um, yeah, I understand the points made about you know or, um, Ophelios, things like that. Um, yeah, I found it was interesting that they were you know so scared of the Vigar pick that they were willing to ban it. Um, and yeah, that that's a good point that I didn't think about. That if you're banning the Vigar it's telegraphing the corky pick um mm-hmm. and which was interesting because then they left the corky pick so late right um and we had the we had the counter pick and it was interesting that zillion was the counter pick into it i feel like they're you know Victor was up um you know felt like there were other things that could have gone there instead of the zillion but
2: I feel like the Fly's thought process on it is... Zillion's almost like another counter to the Corky Because if you notice, like... Takui does well in lane with Mm -hmm. him. Like, he actually holds Fudge down pretty good. But, um... At at the end of the day, I don't think you need him to be on a Zillion Or some form of counter against Corky. Like, Takui's good enough to hold himself in lane... No matter what the matchup is, in my opinion. I have yet to see this man really lose lane yet... While he's been in the LCS, which is awesome. And, and it's I, great to see that we have a mid laner who's so solid.
0: And I would have preferred blinding mid instead of taking the graves. Yes. And then counter picking the top lane. Yes. Because you know Summit's good. <clears throat> so get the best matchup you possibly can for Kumo um instead of blinding your top lane pick and then letting him getting the counter pick.
2: Yeah. So okay
0: so rough week but now we've got a fun discussion uh the mid-season fly quest mvp and oh this is way too big for me to fit on the uh i have a pitching
1: feeling that it's going to be a unanimous decision
0: uh mid-season fly quest mvp you can barely see it on the uh you oh, can make no, it if I deleted Week Four recap, that would make it so much easier. Yeah, maybe
1: because to... <laughs> <laughs> we're not recapping anything. Yeah, because we're not recapping anything. All right,
0: uh, <laughs> mid-season FlyQuest MVP uh, Knox, who is your nominee?
2: Uh, I'm going to have to go with our lovable French king himself, Tegui.
0: Yeah, I'm
1: right there with you. How about you, Curly? You You see my name in uh, FlyCourt, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm an LFL oh, oh, enthusiast the yeah. LFL
0: enthusiast himself Yes. yeah no
1: uh, Takui all the way are you kidding yeah. me this kid from day one like even when we were looking kind of rough and lock, and I've liked just about everything I've seen from him um, and he's never never once been a um, like source of doubt for our success in my eyes you know because even even with this weird zillion pick like he said he looked pretty good so like his worst days are still top 5 minimum for me and i love that i love mm-hmm. that we have such a solid mid laner yeah
2: i i actually would not be surprised if you had actual analysts do a ranking some people putting him on like an all-pro team. I think oh, yeah. he's he's up there right now.
0: I could easily see him coming in at like a third team all-pro right now. Uh yeah, no, I feel good. I think for me, uh this might be a surprise, but Kumo is probably second for me with Afro coming in third. I think Kumo did have a rough weekend uh this, you know, this past week, but the first six games of the season, he looks really really good. Um to the point where uh, even, you know, there were multiple folks on the broadcast and other coaches who were like, yeah, did not expect a lot from him this year, but, uh, you know, he's looked really good. If there's a most improved player award so far this year, uh, it's going to Kumo for me, for sure. Yeah, most improved is definitely going for Kumo. Yeah, definitely.
1: I'm personally going to send it towards Johnson's way. Okay. But I can see why you would say Kumo. Fair enough. So speaking of
2: our MVP, actually, let me copy this over real quick. Um, I don't know if it's possible for you to put this on screen, but I wanted to show this to you guys just to make a point of how close this Cloud9 game actually could have been if Takoi hits this. So uh, really quick in a drag fight, I want to show how close this double bomb almost is.
0: Okay, so here's on. the first image, gonna... Sandy. Alright, the this video The is going to get real wonky here for a moment, folks. So, that's the first one. Uh, you, it, well, not quite, because I gotta... I, I gotta can't s- tell what's going on. And I, I gotta the save the image. image. <laughs> then I gotta get oh, back to the uh, podcast room. All right. Okay.
1: And a Actually, it may, be, it may be better if I just
0: post
2: it in uh, uh, our flight check discord. I'll tell people to go look there.
0: Hang on. Hold on. Hold the phone. <laughs> Would
2: it be better to do that way? <laughs>
0: Create new source, bombs, upload image. Where did I even download this to? There it is.
1: I just see... Is that a lantern? Was Winsome on Thresh? I forget. All
0: right. It is now visible. I'm going to supersize it, though, over you guys.
2: This this is the first
0: image. Oh, there's two? Why didn't you tell me there were two? Okay. (laughs) all right first image
2: so this is the first one so this is takoi and look how bunched up cloud nine is here
0: right that's pretty bunched up
2: so whenever sandy gets the chance to pull up the second image i'm sorry for making you do this live. hold the phone i I should have done this earlier but look and i've even outlined in the second image like you can see it it is stupidly close how close this is to being like a four-man bomb like, look at the outline and how close it is. Like, it barely misses, literally being at a five-man double bomb zillion
0: from zero. That is upsetting. Pretty close.
2: So this is twice though. now. Yeah, this is twice now. The Takui has almost had. <laughs> um, this is twice now that Takui's had plays that have just literally been pixels off from securing the game. Like once. First against TL in that Ori shockwave that missed like three men all at once, but instead only caught one. And then now here again in this Cloud9 match, where it's literally, maybe not the, I don't, I can't tell who's the fifth C9 member way down bottom, but it's almost a four-man zillion bomb. Like, there's no way that FlyQuest does not clean that fight up if Takui hits a four-man zillion bomb. It's literally pixels off from like almost everyone. so.
0: Yeah, tough. I just,
2: I really, really want to emphasize how good Takui is. He, he, he sees, he sees the moments, right? Yeah. And if he's like just milliseconds quicker, like I, there's a, there's a world where we win this game and we win the TL game, right? <laughs> yeah. So.
0: And, I, and I all of a sudden, I wanted to show uh, that real quick. And all of a sudden, we're seven and two, and we're tied for. Actually, we if we won the C nine game and the TL game, we would be in first place. So, there you go. But if wishes were fishes, I forget how the rest of that saying goes. Um, All right. (laughs) Now for another fun segment of the evening. Mid-season power rankings. I know you all have been waiting for this, and so have I. I'm going to bring them up on screen now. Boom. All right. So let's uh, establish some things. So up here is where we started the season. Now, to be fair, Knox's, yours were how you thought it was going to go by the end of the split. end of spring. Yeah, yeah. but for Sorry. I fucked up. <laughs> but for absolute surety, uh, this now is these rankings are where we think each team is. Currently, uh, as we stand midway through the season, so we'll just hit these quickly since uh, we're already about an hour or so into the show. Let's look at some trend lines. Uh, Starting at the bottom, I think we both have, we all have, CLG and TSM taking a big tumble. Um, just all the way down to the bottom for all of us. Immortals rises a bit, uh, looks like Dig falls generally. Both FlyQuest and Golden Guardians uh, go up. Curly has 100 Thieves go up a couple places. Uh, I have them go up one. War has them go down two. Uh, we all have lost faith in EG uh, a bit. Uh, we all have Cloud9 rising. Nox has Golden Guardians shooting way up to number 3. And both Nox and I agree on Team Liquid at 1, and then Curly has C9 at 1. And now, what I want to do real quick, before we get into individual rankings, I gotta move this over. So you can see... So there's the... It's got both me and the aggregate, but just look at the aggregate for now. Um, so this is where the aggregate was at the start of the start of the season: TLEG C9 Hundred Thieves, TSM Dig, CLG FlyQuest, Golden Guardians, Immortals. That was the average between the three of us. And I actually—I'm not kidding—I did not copy paste my rankings over and pasted them to the aggregate. My rankings were actually just the aggregate. I had the exact same ones.
2: (laughs) Sandy knows. He understands. I I knew.
0: Sandy's Uh, like, all right, I got this. (laughs) And then things are a little little bit different, but also kind of the same. Uh, So in the aggregate, we all agree that Golden Guardians uh, moves up. FlyQuest moves up. CLG and TSM fall. Immortals goes up. Ding, Tustar. Are you sure
1: you didn't just copy paste? All right, hold well, on. Look, There's look. One I have
0: difference. <laughs> I have E.G. and I have E.G. and Hundred Thieves flipped from the aggregate. So, <laughs> uh, but hey, this is what happens when you get uh, when you only have three rankers, right? Yeah. Uh, but we'll we'll go with this just to start.
2: Yeah. I was gonna say mine is purely in the moment. Yes. Like mm-hmm. just coming off of a super week, like, this is in the moment, which is why I have Golden Guardians so high. Right. They beat Team Liquid, they lost to the Evil Geniuses, and then they beat, uh, 100... Beat, no, Dignitas beat 100 Who was the last team Golden Guardians beat? They went 2-1. Yeah, they went 2 and one I can't remember who the other team uh, was right let's... now. But, like, it, it, was a, it was a very, very good weekend for Golden Guardians, mm-hmm. against, like, respectable teams. Mm-hmm. So, for me, like, that's kind of why I moved them so high, and... They, Probably a little higher than maybe I should have, but you know what? F it, send it.
0: They you beat uh, they beat Team Liquid on Friday, lost to EG, and then beat Immortals. So,
2: okay, I mean it's still solid, I think, yeah, that's, especially because cool. that comeback game against Immortals was like they, it was a very impressive comeback. Yeah. They they it was nice.
0: Yeah. So yeah, and we, I mean we all agree that Golden Guardians goes up in the rankings. Uh, hey, if any. Hundred Talk Pod fans out there want to clip this and show that uh, Curly is the one with faith for hundred thieves <laughs> now, and Knox war is the one losing faith. Meanwhile, I'm the one who has them top three. You know, if the season ends today, I'd say TLC 900 Thieves to Worlds. I mean, I wish I, I could say you were correct. Y'all know who your favorite flight check co-host is. I'm just, I'm just throwing that one out there.
2: I mean, my at the risk of. Enraging the 100 Talk Pod community. Uh, 100 Thieves is the most inconsistent elite team in the LCS.
1: Mm-hmm. I concur so, with that,
2: 100%. Yeah, just... I it, And if I can't trust you long form because of your inconsistencies, like, I'm not going to rank you high. I'm sorry. Uh, Golden Guardians has shown more consistency in the past three or four games than 100 Thieves has in the past three or four games. Yeah. Like... Y'all keep dropping random games onto random teams for random reasons and having really bad plays here and there. Random. But then you also have, like, really, really good games out of nowhere, too, and you crush Team Liquid and stuff like that, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, I you, uh, I don't know where to rank you. That's why I put you more towards, like, the middle of the pack, because you have really good games and then you have really bad games. Mm-hmm. Simple as that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's difficult. I mean, for me, I... I, I
0: think... Oh, go
1: ahead, John. When it comes to 100 Thieves, the reason. So, like, my list is, like, a little bit of looking at how things feel now, but also still a hint of how I feel things are going to shake out. Um, and with 100 Thieves, you're definitely got a point on that inconsistency. I think the biggest thing. Um, <clears throat> I will take back everything I've said about Someday. Someday looked the best um, this weekend to me. Clip it. Clip it. Clip it. <laughs> clip it. So, like, Someday just keep doing you and you'll be fine who um, he as long as you don't have another one of those set moments also keep doing you and you're fine FBI was a awkward point for me this weekend from what I saw from 100 thieves like it's not a huge concern but it's just like eh. and then closers been weird for me as well but then I <clears throat> I have to agree with the uh, the major talks of Abadaga and whatever's going on with him right now it's 4 weeks in we're halfway through the split, and granted, there's a whole season still, um, and I don't think it's time to hit the panic button per se, but um, I think Abadaga needs to figure it out. Because at this point, four weeks of being the most vulnerable player on the team, something is happening. And I last week, I was saying it had to do partially with the draft and some other things, but this week, I think he just he needs to figure it out, and... He has the ability to be a really, really good player. I think he is a really, really good player. Um, he just, he just needs to play like it. And I don't know what's happening with that. Maybe he needs to hit the Champions queue or something.
0: He does. Maybe I need to unfreeze our cameras. For Maybe some. so. Maybe.
1: He's... Well,
2: why do you do that? Let me let me bring this back to FlyQuest. Because this is a
0: That's play. true. They can yeah, get yeah, way no, I, I more in-depth
1: about that tomorrow when you watch it. I do
0: want to focus on how we all have FlyQuest rising up in the power rankings. Uh, all of us to a playoff spot, indeed. Uh,
2: and a lot of that just comes from the fact that we started the season off at 5-1. and one. Like, yeah. and no matter how you cut it, like, that's just good. You beat over half—well, not over. You beat— No, technically because you can't beat yourself. You beat over (laughs) half the teams in the league. Mm -hmm. So, that's fantastic. That's great. Um, That's more than I expected.
0: And here's what I'll say about... um, Here's the list of teams we beat. CLG, Golden Guardians, TSM, Dignitas, 100 Thieves. Four of those teams... Uh, are below or tied with us in the standings? Uh, yeah, no, five. Uh, yeah, four of those teams, right? Yep. Uh, cool. and the only team above us in the standings that we beat is TL because we're tied with Hunter Thieves and Golden Guardians. We didn't beat TL. TL. Uh, what? Be oh, Hunter right, Thieves, we Golden not.
2: Guardians, Dig, CLG, and TSM. So all the teams are tied or below us that we beat.
0: Yes, tied or below. My bad. Um, Which means
1: hypothetically, we should
0: repeat that, right? So, theoretically, so right now we're kind of at that gatekeeper level, I would say. You know how there's always like a gatekeeper team that you have to beat to get into playoffs? We can clearly beat GG, Dig, probably Immortals, you know, if we face them again, CLG Mm -hmm. and TSM. That's four to five wins right there. That puts you at a solid 9-9, 10-8. that is a playoff, you know, that is generally a safe record to make playoffs in. 9-9 nine, nine, a little bit less safe than 10-8, but 10-8 will definitely get you into playoffs. So, um, I would say we're in a pretty good space, and I'm pretty comfortable having us in that, like, 5th,
1: 6th uh, level. For sure. Is what I would say. I mean, yeah, I, at this point, especially with the way we opened up the split... Playoffs are an expectation of mine. Yeah. At this point, they are now, yes. Like, we have to make playoffs. And ideally, obviously, I would love to see us in the grand finals. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to be terribly upset if we don't. Uh, because as long as we make playoffs and make a good run in it, that gives me high hopes for whatever comes next. That means if we don't represent NA at MSI, we're going to be able to use that time in the offseason to grind on Champions Queue, and hit the and even take some time off, because, you know, time off is very helpful every once in a while, and just do the develop, development we need to hit Summer, but that's getting way ahead of things. Yeah. Hmm.
2: Yeah, it's... More than anything, it, if we make playoffs like my expectations are met and I'm happy mm-hmm. um if we can squeeze a fourth or above though that's awesome because then we get double elimination access mm. and that could be huge um so yeah I, it, if we mm-hmm. make six or above I'm more than content I really hope that this past week um was just a fluke uh, maybe the guys just the prep was bad and actually, that kind of makes me just really, really fast. I want to bring up the fact that technically we didn't play Friday. Yeah. And so we played back-to-back games on Saturday. And I, re- I kind of do think that had an effect on our prep and planning mm-hmm. going into Immortals. For sure. Just our overall mental state. Um, I don't think it was, like, the sole factor in why we lost, but I do actually think it had an effect on us, which sucks. Um. It, it is what it is, um, but I, I, yeah, I don't know. EG, you got a little lucky not having to play back-to-back. I don't know mm-hmm. if it was a coin flip for that or what, but just having to go back-to-back after getting absolutely cream stomped by EG and then going into the Immortals
1: match just felt bad. Yeah. So now something I want to bring up then um, is because we did have what I'm going to actually consider this a unique luxury that like some people will consider a bad thing but we have the unique luxury of being able to be like all right how does FlyQuest do playing two games back to back because that's what's going to happen when we make playoffs we're going to have back-to-back games and like, granted these are against different teams but this is because we are the only ones that did it one after another it's kind of a unique situation where we get to prep for playoffs where we're like all right maybe there's something we'll need to prepare for in this how do you guys feel like do you think this is something that's going to translate to giving us a little bit of a benefit when it comes to tournament uh, like the playoff season or do you think it's just kind of like "Eh, it's two games but because they're different uh, teams it doesn't count and then given that it was technically an 0-2 for the day how would you feel about this roster in a playoff situation because it was also in lock-in that we went 0-2 for best of threes
2: Oh wait, go for
1: Sandy.
0: Uh quickly reminding myself what the spring playoffs format is like. Um, I believe it's a standard yeah. B O threes until bo fives. Yeah. Well no no no. It's uh No, no it's all b be- it's, it's all, all BO. it's all, all fives. Alright. It's, yeah. it's all best of five. If we're five six like we assume we are, it's gonna be we, if we're five six,
2: we're lower bracket.
0: Yeah, we're lower bracket. And I mean here's also what I would say is that I don't I think best of fives is very different from playing two best of ones in one day because a it's not it wasn't even against the same team right it was two different teams that we had to prepare for so it's not like you know we could be like oh you know here's what they played last game okay let's target ban that now because okay now it's arrow instead of danny oh it's Xerxes instead of inspired right so I don't think you can take anything away from it and say, yeah, you know, this is a good indicator of how we'll perform in playoffs. Uh, if I'm being honest, looking at the, you know, likely, you know, C9 TL 100 Thieves, um, if we get one of those, uh, if we have to face one of those in loser's bracket, I don't expect to make it to the next round. Um... Maybe if it's, like, a random – if we get super lucky on the draw and it's, like, GG or dig, I could see that happening. Um, yeah, that would require, like, EG to also place fifth or sixth with us or something like that. Um, that's – yeah, right now that's the only way I see us making it to round two. Nox, I don't know if you have anything you want to say there.
2: No, you, you actually pretty much you, – you nailed my thoughts,
0: Andy. Perfect. All right. Uh, the final topic of the evening. Hey, it's not the season's not over yet, right? Uh, we've got nine more games to play, uh, starting with. Ooh, I did not mean to do that. The week five preview. We'll hit this turbo quick. Um, if I can accurately there we go. get us uh, doot doot doot, and then a couple more over. My oh, very. No. Per- my, I went over too far. <laughs> um. There we go, and you can also see the aggregate randomly in there as well. Aco, uh, what if I zoom one? Ooh, <gasps> no, that made it way worse. All right, this is professional. Um.
2: Yeah, just send it. Yeah, we're sent. We're an audio podcast anyway. We're sending right? it right there. <laughs> uh,
0: perfect. We'll go with that. Um. <laughs> TSM versus Fly and Dignitas versus Fly. Uh, There we go. This will be much better. Um, Boy, that looks absolutely lovely, doesn't it, folks? Let's talk about it. I think my very controversial opinion about the TSM game is that we are going to win. That's how I'm feeling there. (laughs) I
2: don't know about you
1: guys. But I don't know. I that feel
2: like someone just came out of Curly's hot take. I
1: feel no, really no. good. No, is there a, is there like a cold take refrigerator or something? <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> I feel really good oh, about that. Yeah. Knox, uh, uh, I mean, give me your TSM fly prediction. Uh,
2: yeah, no, TSM's in shambles right now. It's it's a fly West Dub. Um, Easy. I'm I'm very curious to see if we see any roster changes for TSM coming actually.
0: I hope Shani comes back actually. I, I want them to recommit to their uh, to their you know, their ideas. Curly how about you? TSM or Fly? Um,
1: Obviously Fly because if I'm being honest, if we lost to TSM
0: The alarm bells might start calling. <laughs> it's doomed. <laughs> if you
1: yeah. lose to TSM Yeah, big yikers. Oof, that is... I mean, who's the one team that lost to TSM? Uh, I
2: say it that... gold? Was it Golden? It was Immortals.
1: No, it wasn't Golden. It was Immortals. Mortals, Mortals. Yeah, and so, oh, yeah, that's Which right. is big, awkward. Immortals
2: almost should have won that game, too.
1: Um, Immortals is winning against people they shouldn't and then losing to freaking TSM. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no. If you lose to TSM, it's a bad time, so we're going to win. Nice. Uh, I am also
0: calling a fly win over Dignitas. I'm going for the 2-0 week. Hey, we beat them earlier in the season and it was pretty clean. I'm confident. I think the boys are going to snap back. Uh, two. Is this your first 2-0
2: week in Sandy that you're
0: predicting? Uh, it might be. I do I, have I think faith. It is. Uh, you know, it, it might be a bit bit worrying. Uh, I might never do it again. So, you know, screenshot it. <laughs> screenshot it now while you can. Uh, I am predicting the 2-0.
2: Uh, I am also gonna predict a two zero. Um, nice. I, I think Dignitas. They did beat Hundred Thieves in a rather convincing fashion on Sunday, but I I still think they've got some issues that just aren't quite fixed yet, and I think they're got, they got a Hundred Thieves team that just doesn't look that great right now. So I, I think we can still pull it out.
0: Yeah, Curly, how about you? Are you gonna finish off the uh, the Hopium for us? Hundred percent. Two O's,
1: excellent.
0: Lovely. Two O's there, across. There's hope on the horizon, guys. Just because we went 0 and three last week doesn't mean the season's over. Two O's across. I might the board. have been
1: one hundred percent incorrect with my predictions last week, but how was I supposed to know?
0: How were you supposed to know? Uh, all right. Final thing. We do have a couple. Uh, a couple takes. We did ask for some takes. Uh, regarding the weekend, uh, first one uh, from Sharks. Uh, I don't know who this is. Uh, just no idea who this Sharks. Is. He I'm says trying. draft diff. Uh, give me a yay or nay on this one, Knox.
2: Um, on two out of the three games this weekend,
0: yay. All right. Uh, Curly, yay or nay?
1: Um. <clears throat> So I'm going to say this in a convoluted way. Do you know how in, like, Halo there's these thing called skulls and there's a particular skull uh, called Grunt Birthday where whenever you get a headshot on a grunt it goes, yay! That's my way of saying yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Because that is, that is a Grunt Birthday take right there.
0: Oh, there you go uh everything evil pod says we know that one of those losses was to help us evil geniuses to get out of a funk so we thank you for giving us a much needed mood boost well you know what can i say but you're welcome i guess uh you know i'm not too happy about that but uh i suppose you're welcome uh, and then
2: all uh, right, here's, y- here's the you Y'all better stay out of that funk because you you guys lost on Sunday. Yeah, well, yes.
1: another thing I want to bring up is I think it's also to uh, throw people off of the Igabana curse. Uh, ah because, yes. You know, ah,
2: if it's 100 percent. Yeah, if it's
1: 100 percent effective all the time, people are going to know, and they're just going to try to um, cause a delay of game so that you have to play the next day. Yes.
0: Also, I can't uh, hear I your 4-5 and five team from my 5-4 and four team, so... <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like looking into kind of a mirror, maybe. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly.
0: Uh, and then, final one. Hot take. Oh boy, here we go. TMB underscore 42. All three games were lost through Kumo. This is because the gap that he made through Champions Q spamming has shrunk. As other tops got enough stage games, he's being exposed. This team needs an impact top laner to ever succeed. To which I say, did you watch games one through six this season? Because, again, Peter Dunn called him a top two top top laner in LCS and said he would probably vote him for first team all pro uh, if the season was to end at that point in time. Uh, freak, notorious, just you know, hater of all things, said Kumo was playing very well this year. Multiple analysts have said this on broadcast. Uh I completely disagree with this. I think Kumo has really stepped up so far, and I think he just got put into bad matchups this weekend and and did not get the uh jungle attention and pathing uh that he would have needed to really succeed in those difficult matchups versus Impact and Summit, two of the best top laners, literally maybe the two best top laners in the league right now. So that's my response there. I don't know how you all feel. I mean,
1: Uh, something I would, I'm going to like agree. I will agree to an extent with you, TC, because I did critique Kumo a lot earlier. I wouldn't say all three games were inherently lost through Kumo, but him being like not being able to achieve the same success as the prior three weeks definitely had a major factor in our inability to play I don't think um, that the champion's queue has too much to do with it Mm um I think I definitely gave him a buff at first um I don't think that means he's being exposed or anything um and I don't think you have to be like this team needs an impact top lane or type or succeed because I think we can find success with Kumo um we have in the first three weeks but uh I don't know. It, it To me, Kumo this weekend didn't look like the Kumo the rest of the split. And I'm sure the coaching... like I'm sure he's aware of it. I'm sure the coaching staff are aware of it. So they just need to sit down and be like, all right, what happens? How can we prevent it? And I will always bring things back to the beginning of the year. And just the way that Sharks and Richard approach coaching from what we've seen... I think it's easy to work on, like, weekends like this where we just don't perform as well. I mean, we showed it in between lock-in and the start of the season, so I think we can do it again. And so, while it was an alarm for this weekend, I don't think it's a long-term concern, and I think we can rely on two There
0: you go. Uh, Knox?
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I think more than anything this take is just because of how drastic of a comparison it is compared to last week where we had Kumo along with Dekoi, like almost just duo carrying the game against 100 thieves right. That Trinnimirre game was nasty and I, I, he, up until that point he'd just been only slight, slowly ramping up the whole time, right. So I think more than anything, it just it, it feels really, really bad to see him go from that Trinnimir game. And to a certain extent, like, the middle mid-game of that Irelia game on that Saturday against Dignitas, into this past weekend where it was just two games of him getting absolutely outclassed in lane, and then another game where he just got shut down by a jungler who did not let him breathe, right? Um, I don't think it has anything to do with Champions I I don't think it has anything to do with the skill gap, necessarily part of me thinks it was just an off weekend. Cause let's be honest here, Afromo didn't look good. Johnson didn't look good. Jose De didn't look good. The only person on this team that looked good this past weekend basically was Decoy. Um, Everyone else on the squad just was making really, either really dumb decisions or was mechanically not playing well. Yeah. Um, until I see Kumo continuing to look like that every weekend, I'm not going to doubt him yet. I'm just going to chalk it up as it was a bad team weekend it was a coach gap, it was a draft diff. I'm just gonna blame it on Coach Sharks. Love you, buddy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he, I'm sure he's the type of coach that will gladly take the blame for his players so they don't have to it, worry. It yeah. certainly seems like it to me. You know what I just thought about though, you know? Cause it's the end of the month, guys. And you know what every like young middle-aged to middle-aged adult has to worry about? It's friends. And you know, because oh, we don't thanks, get imported. Yeah, we don't get imported for two point five million dollars to throw our shot at worlds, unlike some mid laners that go back to their native regions. So that you have to worry about rent, and so they were probably just stressed that in trying to save the environment and not throw a bunch of money, they're like, "Oh man, how, I, what do I do?"
0: <laughs> that one, that one belongs in the oven
1: that's not even the oven that belongs in the what the where did you pull that from?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. well i think uh that is everything th- for the show tonight i don't know if you guys have any other uh notes or topics you want to bring up before we close out
2: um i am running a tft tournament this friday Ooh. come play uh, top four places get RP. Um, Sixteen players in total should be fun.
1: How many? How many people yeah. do you have signed up so far?
2: Uh, I actually haven't
1: checked since Friday. Uh, give me a second. I might get All in right. on that. I, as far as I know, don't have any plans, and I'm not supposed to work. I think I might be free as well. Here's the yeah. thing:
0: I will have to actually play some TFT. No, to I'm gonna know what go in blinds. Uh, <laughs> are, are Yordles oh. still a thing? Uh yes.
1: They are
0: weaker in Doesn't my opinion. Doesn't matter. I'm going to yes. play them. Excellent.
1: If you Lovely. if you if you know how to play against Yordles in any capacity, you better look out because I'm going to lose to you. There you go. Uh
2: we currently have eight people signed up, so I need eight more still. So you, so you got, got one, one bracket. Half
0: the slots are taken. Only half, half remain. <clears throat> sign up now. That's your uh
1: contact <laughs> right there. Andy. Um, there you go.
0: Thank you everyone for tuning into this episode of Flight Check LCS. What about me? Do I not
1: get to say anything?
0: Your your time's coming. Your time's coming. You get the shout out. We always do the shout outs at the end.
1: Okay, okay.
0: This is this is the this is the spiel. Anything I, I went out of order. This so is the I closing apologize. spiel. Well, I just, you know, any <laughs> topics or anything uh, I asked for him. Uh yeah, LCS. Back once again to Saturday, Sunday this weekend. Uh, we play TSM and Dignitas Saturday and Sunday. Be sure to follow us on Twitter uh, for reactions and thoughts to the games. So you can catch the show at Flight Check Crew, uh, where I post either the Let's Go meme or the man.jpg horse on a beach meme, depending on how the weekend goes. Uh, you can follow myself at SantosDB, Knox at Knoxor with two Rs and curly at curly underscore double q underscore Uh, make sure to hop into the flight check discord as well Uh, that is where the aforementioned tft tournament will be taking place uh, as well as all kinds of esports discussion fly quest game discussion and other stuff takes place and if you missed any part of this episode the vod will be up on youtube tonight or tomorrow morning uh, and the audio version of this episode will go up on all your favorite audio listening streaming platforms tomorrow morning as well. If you're listening to that right now and would like to catch the show live, we broadcast the episode every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time right here at TV slash Crew. Curly, <laughs> any final notes
1: before we wrap up? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, like, shout-outs and all that stuff. Because I didn't have any notes for the weekend after what we talked about. So I'm going to I'm gonna kick off the shout-out segment. Um, huge shout-out to the uh, new FlyQuest interns. Because especially those, like, social media interns, they've been popping off, dude. I oh. I
0: actually, I keep saying this to my girlfriend. Like, I've said this multiple times now that it's like, wow, the social media game for FlyQuest has gone off in The last few weeks, and yeah. definitely the interns are coming in clutch.
1: Yeah, and I cannot wait to see who has the luxury of working uh, under Fiend because that's going to be an awesome time. And I just like that Flyquist is making this expansion uh, for like these internship opportunities and to like alleviate the uh, stress from their team. And like, mm-hmm. just it, it's already reflecting really, really well. So, yeah. hope to see more of this expansion in the future. It's very, very satisfying. And then another thing is a similar to Nox Wars plug, is I'm also planning a tournament, but for at the end of the month. And if you go to my Twitter, I've retweeted multiple times where I have a thread of polls so you can answer, so I can format it the best way possible. Right now it's looking like it's going to be a 1v1 tournament, but it's uh, called Curly's March Madness. It's going to be a league tournament. Vote on the format. Curly's March Madness. Yeah, vote on the format, the times, and the potential rewards so that I know what you guys want to do, so I can do it most effectively, and then I can plan as early as possible so I can get registration up earlier and get some co-hosts and uh, have just a really good time doing this because my uh, Christmas Clash was a really fun time and I want to do another thing like that. So go to my Twitter, vote in the poll. It closes tomorrow, um, and then keep a lookout for that as I make announcements for registration. Sweet. Uh,
0: For myself, I saw... Uh, right after the show went live, Takui tweeted about going to Riot Studios to film some kind of video. Uh, so that should be something we'll be on the lookout for. So that seems exciting. Some FlyQuest Riot content. Finally, they are you know taking notice of our small indie team. Uh, you know I'm <laughs> excited to see what content Takui uh, got to take part in uh, with Riot. Uh, Nox, anything else you would like to say?
2: Uh, I'm refing again for proving grounds qualifiers, um, so please go check that out. Um, I believe I'm refing no team tomorrow, and I don't know who the other team I'm refing is. Cool. Um, outside of that, uh, academy, really, really fast recap: uh, we went one and three last week. Went one on one with Golden Guardians Academy, and then zero to two with Team Liquid Academy. Um, really banger games, unfortunate losses. Team's still improving, I promise. Although this was a bit of a rougher week and harder to defend a little bit. Um, Same exact matchup as our LCS team this weekend playing TSM on Thursday and then Dignitas on Friday. Yeah. Woo!
0: Love it. All right, we'll be back next week to talk about our inevitable 2-0 weekend. Actually, hang on. I said that last week, the inevitable 3-0 weekend, so here's what I'm going to say instead. Uh, we'll be yeah, back next week to discuss why FlyQuest needs to improve on things. Right? That'll yeah. definitely yeah. How
1: can we go 4-0 in a weekend? <laughs>
0: exactly. So for now, stay safe out there. Please do not forget to hit the head on the nail, and we'll see you all very, very soon. Adios!